This is Point of View with Chris Berg. Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. President-elect Joe Biden is speaking right now about his America Rescue Plan. We're going to go out to him live and hear what more he has to say. Greater stability instead of living on the edge every single month. And I'm asking Congress to do its part by funding rental assistance for 14 million hard-hit families and tenants. It will also be a bridged economic recovery for countless mom-and-pop landlords. These crises are straining the budgets of states and cities and tribal communities that are forced to consider layoff and service restrictions of the most needed workers. It means that people putting their lives at risk are the very people now at risk of losing their jobs. Police officers, firefighters, all first responders, nurses, educators. You know, over the last year alone, over 600,000 educators have been lost, have lost their jobs in our cities and towns. Our rescue plan will provide emergency funding to keep these essential workers on the job and maintain essential services. We will ensure that vaccines are administered and schools can reopen. Vice President-elect Harris and I have been speaking with county officials, mayors, governors of both parties on a regular basis. We're ready to work with them, help them get the relief they need. Our rescue plan will also help small businesses that are the engines of our economic growth, our economy at whole, as a whole. The glue that holds communities together as well. But they're hurting badly. And you realize they account for nearly half of the entire total U.S. workforce. Our rescue plan will provide flexible grants to help those hardest hit small businesses survive the pandemic. And the low cost capital that will help entrepreneurs of all backgrounds create and maintain jobs, plus provide the essential goods and services that communities depend upon. Last week, I laid out how we'll make sure that our emergency small business relief is distributed swiftly and equitably, unlike the first time around. We're going to focus on small businesses on Main Street. We'll focus on minority-owned small businesses, women-owned small businesses, and finally having equal access to the resources they need to reopen and to rebuild. And we will be responsible with taxpayers' dollars, ensuring accountability that reduces waste and fraud and abuse like we did in the Recovery Act that I administered in our administration. Direct cash payments, extended unemployment insurance, rent relief, food assistance, keeping essential frontline workers on the job, aid to small businesses. These are the key elements to the American Rescue Plan that would lift 12 million Americans out of poverty and cut child poverty in half. That's five million children lifted out of poverty if we move. Our plan will reduce poverty in the black community by one-third, reduce poverty in the Hispanic community by almost 40 percent, and includes much more, like an increase in the minimum wage to at least $15 an hour. People tell me that's going to be hard to pass. Florida just passed it. As divided as that state is, they just passed it. The rest of the country is ready to move as well should be a national minimum wage of $15 an hour. No one working 40 hours a week 
should live below the poverty line. And that's what it means. If you work for less than $15 an hour and work 40 hours a week, you're living in poverty. It includes access to affordable childcare that will enable parents, particularly women, to get back to work. I look forward to working with members of Congress of both parties to move quickly to get the American Rescue Plan to the American people. And then we can move with equal urgency and bipartisanship to my Build Back Better Recovery Plan that I will call for next month to generate even more economic growth. American manufacturing was the arsenal of democracy in World War II. It will be so again. Imagine a future made in America, all made in America, and all by Americans. We'll use taxpayers' dollars to rebuild America. We'll buy American products, supporting millions of American manufacturing jobs, enhancing our competitive strength in an increasingly competitive world. Imagine historic investments in research and development to sharpen America's innovative edge in markets where global leadership is up for grabs. Markets like the battery technology, artificial intelligence, biotechnology, clean energy. Imagine confronting the climate crisis with American jobs and ingenuity leading the world. It's time to stop talking about infrastructure and to finally start building an infrastructure so we can be more competitive. Millions of good paying jobs that put Americans to work rebuilding our roads, our bridges, our ports, to make them more climate resilient, to make them faster, cheaper, cleaner, to transport American-made goods across our country and around the world. That's how we compete. And imagine millions of jobs in a caregiving economy to ease the financial burden of caring for young children and aged loved ones. Let's make sure our caregivers, mostly women, women of color, immigrants, have the same pay and dignity that they deserve so we can do these bold, practical things now, now. You know, I know what I just described has not come cheaply, but failure to do so will cost us dearly. The consensus among leading economists is we simply cannot afford not to do what I'm proposing. Independent, respected institutions from around the world, from the Federal Reserve to the International Monetary Fund, have underscored the urgency. Even Wall Street firms have reinforced the logic. If we invest now boldly, smartly, and with unwavering focus on American workers and families, we will strengthen our economy, reduce inequity, and put our nation's long-term finances on the most sustainable course. And where we're making permanent investments, recurring investments, as I said in the campaign trail, we will pay for them by making sure that everyone pays their fair share, not punishing anybody. We can do it without punishing a single person by closing tax loopholes for companies that ship jobs overseas or to allow American companies, 90 of them in the top Fortune 500, to pay zero in federal income taxes asking everyone to pay their fair share at the top so we can make permanent investments to rescue and rebuild America. It's the right thing for our economy. It's the fair thing. It's the decent thing to do. We not only have an economic imperative to act now, 
I believe we have a moral obligation. In this pandemic, in America, we cannot let people go hungry. We cannot let people get evicted. We cannot watch nurses, educators, and others lose their jobs. We so badly need them. We must act now and act decisively. My fellow Americans, the decisions we make in the next few weeks and months are going to determine whether we thrive in a way that benefits all Americans, or whether we stay stuck in a place where those at the top do great, while economic growth for most everyone else is just a spectator sport and where American prospects dim, not brighten. These investments will determine whether we reassert American leadership and outcompete our competitors in a global economy. We're better equipped to do this than any nation in the world. Or that we watch them catch up and pass us by. Together, I know which path we'll choose. And that includes all Americans. So we can own the 21st century. But even with all of these bold steps, it's going to take time to get where we need to be. There will be stumbles. But I will always be honest with you about both the progress we're making and what setbacks we meet. And there will, and here's the deal, the more people we vaccinate, the faster we do it, the sooner we can save lives and put this pandemic behind us and get back to our lives and our loved ones. And the sooner we can rescue and rebuild the American economy, the biggest and most profitable engine in the world. I know it's been a, nearly a year that tested us beyond measure. For all of you who have lost someone, my heart goes out to you. I know that feeling looking at an empty chair across the table. All of you have fallen on hard times. I know you can never get back what you lost. But as your president, I know that every day matters and every person matters. From the very first to the nearly 400,000 lost American souls and counting, to the millions of you just looking for a fighting chance in this economy, I promise you, we will not forget you. We understand what you're going through. We will never, ever give up. And we will come back. We'll come back together. Well, we didn't get into all this overnight. We won't get out of it overnight. And we can't do it as a separated and divided nation. The only way we can do it is to come together, to come together with, as fellow Americans, as neighbors, as the United States of America. And when we do, there's nothing beyond our capacity. I've said this many times. When America acts as one, there's never been a single thing we've been unable to do, no matter how consequential the issue has been. Out of all the peril of this moment, I want you to know, I give you a word, I see the promise, the promise as well. We've seen clearly what we face now. And I remain so optimistic about America, as optimistic as I've ever been. We have everything we need, but the will must be demonstrated. So come Wednesday, we begin a new chapter. The Vice President-elect and I will do our best to meet all the expectations you have for the country 
and the expectations we have for it. I'm confident. I am truly confident. Together, together, we can get this done and come out better off than when we went into this crisis. God bless you all, and may God protect our troops. Vice President-elect Joe Biden there talking about his, excuse me, President-elect Joe, I would call him Vice President, President-elect Joe Biden, talking about his America Rescue Plan. A couple of highlights for you in case you didn't see all of that. He started about 6.15, as you can see here, spoke for roughly 30 minutes. The total package is about $1.9 trillion. Again, about $1.9 trillion. One of the things he said early on in the speech, he's hoping to get uh, kindergarten through eighth grade back into school fully within the first roughly 100 days of his administration. A couple highlights economically, because obviously that's what he was focused on tonight. One of the things I think many of us can say, hey, bravo, President-elect Joe Biden, and uh, if they can get this done, but he's talking about an additional $1,400 direct payment for families, which would bring the total to roughly $2,000 after the $600 they just put out. So $1,400 more in direct payments for most Americans. You heard there he's going to talk about extending unemployment as well. Um, one of the things he mentioned, too, is that if somebody does come down with COVID or needs to be quarantined, he says, hey, these people should be able to count on their wages, even though they're quarantined, because that way we can help mitigate this virus sooner rather than later. Um, increasing the minimum wage to $15 an hour. Also extending the eviction and foreclosure moratoriums through the end of September. The end of September. He mentioned there as well some programs for small businesses too. Um, so you can watch obviously all that up on YouTube. We want to give you just some of the quicker highlights there. One other big piece of breaking news that just came on, uh, came out before we came on the air is the fact that uh, there's reports, reports that President Trump is going to declassify a lot of information tomorrow. So assuming that happens, we'll have that coverage for you tomorrow night. Could be some very interesting information within these declassified documents. Um, appreciate it, AJ. How much time do we have left during this opening block? Because I want you to know, folks, we had a great interview set up for you. I'm just going to promote this for the, the Facebook page, but uh, Eugene Grainer, the president of HeartlandInvestorServices.com, uh, joined us earlier today for a Facebook Live. And the reason I want to have him on is that what's, what the USDA is saying right now is that corn and soybean prices are at levels we haven't seen since the grain boom, right? Since, I mean, probably seven years ago. So I want to share that with you because with that and now oil's back to roughly the same price it was about a year ago, North Dakota in our area could be positioned to see some fairly good things happen economically considering that interest rates stay low and things of that nature. So if you want to see that conversation, it's fantastic. Go to our Facebook page. It's facebook.com forward slash POV now. All right, stay with us. Coming up next, Hornbacher's president has got an incredible thing they did for our entire community. There's been a lot of rough news as of late. We're going to give you some good news coming up next. And as always, love to know your point of view, which you heard there from President-elect Joe Biden. You can email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We'll be right back.